finally over. The Saskatchewan Rough Riders 2023 season is done. It's episode 50 of the Rider Nation podcast. Maz McFly, Kelly Kirsch. So last year... Happy 50th! <laughs> happy, happy 50th! So last year we finished the season 6-12. and 12. We thought, God, there's no way it can get any worse... This year, we're going to be so much better. I think I said we're going to be 8-10 and 10 and probably just squeak into the playoffs, and life's going to be good. You know, it, it was going to be okay. The Saskatchewan Rough Riders finish 6-12, and 12, and just like last year, they lose the final seven games to close out the season. It was agonizing, but agonizing in a different way than last year, because last year we had no hope. This year they teased us, because we had hope to make the playoffs. And I think like Moose Jaw Craig said back in the summertime on the podcast in Hawaii, just like in high school, he couldn't finish. And neither could the Riders. Final score, the nail in the coffin, Toronto Argonauts 29 in a come-from-behind win. Oh, Riders 26. Did you actually think the Riders were going to hang on and win that game? Because... Well, it was interesting no. when they had him uh, third and eleven. They had you know really good defensive stand and just had to make one more play, and and just you know they took Anthony Lanier out there and couldn't get any pressure at all. And there you go, and a really nice play. Um, there was is a lot the of things. That, a lot of things. Right, Juwan Breskison went up and grabbed on us, and Juwan Breskison looked is looking like a young Randy Moss. And I'm like, well, God, you know, it, it was God. one of those things where, um, you know. You know the the tide was going to be tough to make, and I and I thought you know if the riders could even like there's a few games could have should have would have, but really I think anybody who who watched the games forget about backing into the playoffs, forgetting about all that stuff, you know did not look good. There were some good stories. There was some good stories. Some players who played really really hard, and I thought they had some some interest. You know uh, Cox Jr. I thought when he got in there when he wasn't injured played really really well. Um, I like that. Um, Williams Deontay is the Williams. cornerback. Yeah, really good yeah. player. Yeah, um, he, he was a good find. And there's always those Revis. shining stars. But God, did you think we were going to, like, God, just, it's it just yeah, frustrating that we were the, yeah. we were the and shits after again the re- this year. Yeah, like, after the results on on, uh, on Friday night where the uh, the Stamps go in and, and lay a licket on the BC Lions, the Lions looked like they were still, like it was a practice or they thought it was a scrimmage or something because they weren't ready. And they didn't seem to, their give a shit meter was not super no. high for that game. But that's, you, you can't rely on other teams to no, lose. You can't and rely on that. We're, we're losing seven games in a row. And really, <laughs> what do you, you won two road games all year. And you hadn't won a road game since June 24th. Um, I think there's uh, obviously a personnel problem, uh, probably a maturity problem, professionalism problem with some of those players because, you know, it's the guys in the locker room that play and. You know, Craig Dickinson, I thought was very, very forthright. Listened at the uh, Rider Radio uh, post game, and you know, he was pretty, pretty honest about you know what he did. Maybe honest to a fault, you know. Yeah, but I'll, uh, I'll give him credit. But yeah, if we rewind back to the start of this year, we we knew they upgraded a little bit of talent. We weren't sure how that was going to work out because sometimes the free agents paid off. But it would it became pretty evident for us to win, we were going to need to be good in all three phases of the game week in and week out and if one of those let us down let alone two of them there's not a lot of chance to win and i put it up right after the game so we're recording this about two hours after the game's over so people emotions are running hot social media is on fire um speaking of fire people like so we want heads rolling already i had put up a picture of trevor harris and said this this was the exact game it's him sitting on the cart when he was getting taken off the field after he got hurt that was to me 
the place. And for a lot of people, that's when the Riders season sort of came to an end because now it was time to test the depth at quarterback. Yeah. And we knew the Riders didn't have any depth at quarterback. Yeah. Give give Jake Dolagala all the credit in the world. He had it's funny, he had good numbers, but just it didn't when it count and we had to go through the Mason Fine experiment before he got hurt to get the Dolagala thing going and Well <sighs> let me kinda kinda you know, pick apart a little bit about about that. I I think the rider season fell apart on the banjo bowl because they got rolled up so bad, and I don't know if they recovered from that because they look really bad. And you know, let's face it, they had two wins going into late. You know, two wins after Labor Day, they looked pretty strong. Uh, won some games they 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 should have lost, but that's what good teams do. Uh, mm-hmm. And they were playing with some some swagger. And then yeah. after that game, they just couldn't get it right. And you know, some of those. Um, adjustments. I I think you know the player personnel thing. That's there's a big chunk of this on the players just not being able to perform. Huge huge thing on the coaches not being able to adjust after you know the halves. They had a lot of really bad second halves, like awful second halves. And they've also had some some fourth quarters where they padded the stats and and made themselves look better. That's it, only yeah, you know, people who don't know time. football probably think we'll look to that going. Oh, he had some good numbers. Jake Delegato looked okay. He is he is going to be a good second string quarterback, whether if it's for the Riders or somebody else, but certainly not uh, not somebody that you you want to hang your hat on. They've got to really look at things, and it's not it's not signing the big free agents because that some of those have blown up in their face. More, oh, yeah. They have more more losses than wins when it comes to that. Duke Williams well, was a disaster. Free agents, but Dickie yeah. had mentioned this is the fourth game now. He'd mentioned in the post game press conference that the Winnipeg game, the Banjo Bowl crushed them and they never ever got right after that honest to a fault but it's like come on that was the week after labor like you have to you have to and if you knew it was you'd start ripping through guys on the practice roster like i I get it and it wasn't ass kicking and you and i were out we went to we tried canadian brew house wherever we ended up that was the shits that was that was a that was an awful day for you and i customer service wise and it was an awful day for rider football but you don't hear any other coaches or GMs talking about a loss that happened two months ago that they're still reeling from because at some point you got to be a pro and you got to put it behind you and you have to like, you know, strap up for the next one. And to your point yeah. of free agents, the Jake Winicky thing, and this came up on the Ryder post game show, Michael Ball said that Winicky, who sat on the pra- well, basically the practice roster, the injured list, basically just sat out and got paid $130,000 bust. Anthony Lanier, second highest paid defensive player in the league, bust, only played 10 or 11 games, and they moved him around so much. And they talked about Pete Robertson, and Luke Mullinder said that he looked like he was out of place the whole season. And was it him or was it Jason Shiver's defense? And he didn't think it was Jason Shiver's defense, but Pete Robertson didn't have a great year. We all know Trevor Harris. Unfortunately, he got hurt. Now, if this, if Trevor Harris, if we end up six and twelve, but Trevor Harris is healthy and plays all of these games, well, then he's an easy cut, okay? Because you know what? Well, we tried it. We spent a half million bucks and it didn't work. But you got a glimpse of the Trevor Harris experience. Well, he's due a roster signing bonus. I think on February first, that's worth two hundred and seventy-five thousand bucks. So who is ever in charge of this team come then, whether that's J.O. or somebody else, you got a big decision to make because that's yeah. a lot of money. You pay a guy that much money, you kind of have to give him a shot. And at 38, or what he will be 38 with a, a knee injury like he had, 
Ugh. Yeah. Yeah, the, it, it's the thing is there's not a lot of uh, quarterbacks to, to save the day, and, and we've talked about that a lot on, on this program because they just don't really develop uh, quarterbacks very well in the CFL. Some some teams do, some teams don't. Sometimes you get a retread that actually plays pretty well. Uh, before everyone starts, you know, busting their arms, breaking their hands, patting themselves on the back, Zach Lawrence was like on the scrapyard, and somehow he, he pulled it together. So it, it's 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 easy. Vernon Adams the same way, by the, the way. So the CFL is funny that way. It seems like in the NFL, you kind of either have it from the start or you don't, and you either, if you get pegged as a number two or three in the NFL, you may never ever. Get out of where, yeah, exactly. Caleros, yeah. almost on the scrap heap, one hit away from being out of football. Yeah. Vernon out. Look at Anthony Calvillo, how bad he was when he first came in. Yeah, terrible. <laughs> to, the, to the league with the Las Vegas posse. And God, how Not much better than Hamilton for a while, yeah. Took him a while. It took him yeah, a while. It took him a while. But, you know, um, yeah, I get you. But it, our, it's one of those things they... they like Jeremy O'Day, I think if if you want to kind of grade out, you know, the two guys, the the two guys that have absolute targets on their backs, maybe three if you talk about Craig Reynolds. Uh, Craig Reynolds, at least, you know, the business of of the riders, well, maybe not so good now, but you know, he got through COVID and 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 did okay. Part of it is because it's the riders, and that's just what they do. They're so big and so powerful in that province. But Jeremy O'Day, uh, you know, we talked about this, the worst offensive line in in the league. Um, it did get better, but I mean, offensive tackles from the states are like you should be able to find 300 of them, and they just never really figured that out. They couldn't provide the the pass blocking. Um, secondary, they didn't have the depth when they had some injuries. They had some really good players there. Uh, that Roland Milligan, his yeah. injury was pretty key too, and he went down. Nobody really to to replace him. The linebackers that everybody was pissing their pants about how great they were. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't really yeah. see it. I think Micah Tykes, Micah Tykes is is Micah overrated. Tykes. He was, and, and Jaden Dalkey is overrated. Against Toronto, there was a couple where it showed Micah Tykes going for the tackle and just whiffing. And hey, should be able to get somebody better than that. Somebody yeah, better, and, can, and, and yeah. that's and that's a tough spot. I mean, you and I would whiff on that too, but we're not out there as pro ball players. And um, you know, somebody had sent a little note, I, and they're not a fan of us or the team, and they basically said, "Listen." You've been delusional since the start of the season on your podcast, your low-rated podcast, I might add. No, oh, thank you. Of the riders and thinking that they actually had a chance. And basically, the bottom line, and they summed it up in all caps. And I love all caps because my brother in Saskatchewan, he writes emails in all caps, and I love them. Because I don't, I don't even think he knows what caps locks is. He just writes in all caps. Still shitty always shitty and i'm like all right okay yeah and well, thanks for we, listening you know we were <laughs> we were optimistic but you know we thought from the way the season started what were we three and one or four and one or four and two like there was hope like hey maybe this is yeah, gonna well, be after labor day things were rolling they had a nice yeah, big you know, lead like, on calgary yeah, we were six and five like and you know and things were good um but once again in listening to the post-game interview Dickie didn't have much to say. Michael Ball, Luke Molliner. I got to give him credit because everybody knows. Like Dickinson's getting fired. Like I don't think there's anybody that's coming back. But he, you know, he was a classy guy, and they even said to him, "You're going to get a job if any. If, if there are changes, you'll have a job in seconds." And he's like, "You know, thank you." But it, it's just a real awkward, you know, conversation. Be it was awkward to listen to. I can't imagine having that. Yeah. Um, 
But we had Fairholm on the podcast last week, and he thinks that, he, you know, I, I think he had hinted maybe O'Day sticks around. And even Justin Dunk was reporting that O'Day may survive this because of kind of like some players that he has brought in. The drafts have kind of been okay, although Nelson Lacombo... Not as good as they were, though. Not as good as they were before. I mean, he's another high draft pick, you know, with... The Emelis thing has turned out to be a nice story, but... I'll say. You know... uh, uh, It's better we lose out this way in Ryder fashion than to win this game and then have Winnipeg absolutely shit the bed like BC did against Calgary. And then Calgary go in there and crush our dreams. Because that would be even worse. Yeah, I, I think you need to get to work on 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 changing it for twenty twenty four. I don't think anybody that if you watch the games and even our our uh, our cynical uh, uh, letter writer, uh, if if you've watched the games, uh, you would know that the Riders were you know better. You know, come Labor Day, they were actually pretty. You know, winning some games and stuff. And it was you know post Labor Day where it fell apart. So if if there was any delusion on anybody's part, it would have been after that. So. Uh, yeah, no, but to nobody, say that they like, weren't, if, you know, if a, you would have went to Vegas and said, "I'm putting money down that the Riders are going to lose the next seven games to close out the season," and like with you, and you look back yeah. at kind of the stores, and, and they had such before. a break because, like, yeah, it was, they had such it, a break with Calgary playing so poorly and it, couldn't take yeah, advantage and, of it, and 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 you're never going to get the Stamps are never going to be kind of that bad again because the Jake Mayer thing, like even in the BC game last night, and Calgary came out and they laid an ass kicking on BC from start to finish, but once again. How many times are those Calgary receivers going to drop balls from Jake Mayer that are right in the numbers? And just the worst drops yeah. at the worst times. Now, will that catch up with them in the playoffs? Yeah, get... If it does, it's going to cost them. But also to Calgary, too, Yeah, they're kind of on a bit of a roll. If they decide to get it together, they easily could be in the Grey Cup because they expose BC for yeah. what they are. You can run on them. they got a small D line, and they pay, play a lot of man coverage, and you can exploit that. And I think the Riders. Yeah. They get to 8-10. Yeah, I, I think the Riders, because Toronto played their starters, I think the Riders exploited Toronto a little bit, too, of kind of how they can be beaten. You know? Yeah. Um, yeah, It it's it's the playoffs, I think, are going to be interesting. It'll be very interesting to see where, where maybe is Hamilton coming in hot, you know? Okay, but, but, let's get back uh, to the Riders for a second. So would you, to <clears> me, <throat> if you're making changes, now you don't have to hire anybody, but... If you're firing people, should you fire them within the next couple of days and just say, like, hey, listen, this is unacceptable, yes. Ryder Nation. Yes. We're making changes. Yes. Please renew your yes. season tickets at a 20% yeah. increase and go to the Ryder store for Christmas. You, you, well, it's not entirely true that that there's like a one line in there that isn't, isn't quite 20%. But anyway, um, what I would do is you, you have to show the fans something, right? Because... You don't have to worry about it's being, you know, you got to complete, you know, compete with the Blue Jays or the Flames or the Jets or anything. You put on a good product, people will go to the games, they will fill that stadium. That's all you have to do. You don't have to, you know, have a buck of beer night or hot dogs for free or any of that kind of stuff. People will go to the games because they're the games and they love Canadian football in Saskatchewan. Simple as that. But they're not stupid and they're not stupid with their money and they're not going to put good money after bad. They just won't do it and nor should they. So you, you saw some really brutal crowds this year, really bad, and and no one can say, oh, help the riders or that kind of stuff. None of that stuff's going to fly. You, you, it's not that difficult. You, 
other teams have shown you can put together a pretty good package here with not any more money than the riders have. You need the right people. You need the right coaching. You need the right talent. You need to find guys. Forget about signing over, like overpaying guys that shoot you to the, to the salary cap. Forget about doing that because that just gets you in trouble. You better scout those NFL cuts yeah. and where you can find guys that maybe had a little bit of time with the Jacksonville Jaguars because that's what Toronto did. That's what Winnipeg has done. That's what Calgary and does. And they do a real good job of it. So yeah. That's what Calgary does. Guys. If you don't have that down, if you don't have that down, don't worry about it. And and please step out of the way. So if Jeremy O'Day has a plan, and if he's going to put it all in Craig Dickinson, then you know that is crazy. That is absolute lunacy. I would look, and I know we, we joked around about Vince Magary, right? He's the assistant GM in Toronto. He's the guy. Pinball Clemens just pats backs and slaps, you know, people on the back and shakes hands and, and he, looks good in Toronto. He's, he's a figurehead. Like he's not the he's not the guy. He's a figurehead. Vince Magary does all that. He does all the Canadian stuff. He's yeah. he's you know, he makes Pinball sure he signs Clemens these players. That's who you need. College game. Yeah. No, and it, or he's not going. He doesn't have the connections with the, you know, Kansas City Chiefs to get like you know their their first cut after in in July or August, right? So that's what you need, and I think you really have to look at it a little differently. Head coach, you, there's all kinds of guys out there, but you gave it a try with Craig Dickinson. He is a nice man. He's a good person. I think he's honest. He will it's get a guy. job very yeah. quickly. Just he he's just not two two years at six and twelve. Just no good. And if you and if you have you know Jeremy O'Day, who you know what quarterbacks get hurt. So if you put all your eggs into Trevor Harris, who you know maybe wasn't you know what what has he done? Look right? At, I mean he's look a good at the guy player. Who came in in relief of um, Chad Kelly tonight. What's his name? Comes in yeah. throwing <laughs> darts, marching them down for. And they found that kid somewhere. Like it can't be that yeah. hard. One of the things in listening to the uh, Ryder broadcast. Um, Luke Mullender had said it, and then they asked Dickinson about it too. Be like, you know what? Did you give the players a little too much free reign when it came to like maturity and leadership, and kind of let them run things? And you know, ending up with this result, which is like, crazy. That you have to ask that question, yeah. You know, but it was typical. Like so, like this game was another microcosm of the Riders' season. Nick Marshall making mm-hmm. an outstanding play on the interception, and then less than ten minutes later because he's looking into the backfield. You're not sacking quarterbacks, bro. Just play man like they pay you to do, getting beaten by 15 yards and torched for a touchdown. Stuff like that. Now, does anybody, yeah. and on Sam Amel has said, oh, no, lots of guys speak up, the old guys and the young guys, but somebody needs to go to Nick Marshall and say, listen, we got guys that are going to chase the quarterback. That ain't you. We need you to play corner. Like, you be Nick Marshall. You be good at what you do. So don't worry about it. Like, and if the quarterback did decide to run, take off and run in Nick Marshall's direction, Nick Marshall doesn't tackle anyways. So that right there was like the beauty of you've got these guys, and would that have been probably the – because Nick Marshall's always, since he's been here, like a live-on-the-edge guy. You love him. And then he crushes yeah. you. Yeah, I got gotcha. you. Yeah, yeah, love him. Yeah. And no. then he crushes you. And a lot of people were surprised when he re-signed with the Riders because like, wasn't last year around the end of the season because the, the team was the shit. There was some shenanigans was he part of the problem? Yeah, but then he re-signed and it's good. But once again, I don't think he's going to be back. 
I'm sure Chris, if he's still going to play, I'm sure Chris Jones will sign him. That's fine. But, you know, if they're coming in, like I said, if you're blowing this up, rip the Band-Aid off and just tear it down. In the CFL with one- and two-year contracts, at least you have the ability to rebuild. And if it is with a bunch of no-name guys we've never heard of, but somebody goes, no, you know what? They're going to be good for the CFL because Vince Magri has a list yeah. this big or Kyle Walters has a list this big of guys that because of having good teams and the rosters they have, they don't, they don't have the room to bring these guys in because there's nobody to cut to make room for them. We yeah. need that Rolodex. We need that Rolodex. You, you, you do. And, and it's one of those things. Um, yeah. It, it, I was thinking about that, thinking about um, when uh, Cameron Dukes went in, we saw him a little bit too. He played a little bit, and they go, well, what is, can he throw, or is that a system? That offensive line's really good, by the way, and it's interesting, oh, yeah. the Riders, we didn't talk yeah. about this, how the Riders tried to run, but, I mean, you know, that is a stiff defensive line. That, that's going to be Oakman tough for anyone to run against. He's a know. scary man, and, uh, oh, yeah. But did you see Bad all the human. sidelines? Bad when human. they came yeah. off, even Chad Kelly, who's 14-2, and two, uh, Dinwiddie is laying into these guys. Like Dicky, you never saw Dicky lay into guys on yeah. the side. Like Dinwiddie's fiery, like letting these guys know, like they're fourteen and two, and he's yeah, he let Dukes coaching. have it. Yeah, exactly. And, oh, and he yeah. let uh, Kelly have it too, because um, he's not letting these guys off the hook, and he's keeping them accountable. That's what we need, because how many times? And I always see Dickinson, the guy he always you would see talking to the most on TV on the sidelines. He's always talking to Mario Alford. And it should be, Mario, catch the goddamn ball when it comes your way and don't cost us yards and don't fumble. Okay? Yeah, yeah. He would He would be the guy that uh, Alfred had a horrible season and was supposed to be this big returnee guy and, you know, didn't see it, saw a lot of mistakes, there, that okay. sort of thing. But Some people will be like, no, but he had four or five touchdowns. Yeah, but were they – some were well-timed, some were garbage time. Is it easy to score those return touchdowns? No, but – he ended up costing us, I think, more than he ended up helping us this year. And once again, those return yeah, guys, no. like in college, those 170-pound, like little scat-back kind of guys are a dime a dozen. Every college roster has at least one of them on there. You should be able to find one. You know what? Much like a linebacker yeah, yeah, or an a offensive bunch tackle. And, yeah. There's got to be. BC yeah. always has one. Winnipeg always has one. Hell, the Find Stamps them. had yeah. that guy who went home to have a baby and never came back, and and then they got two other guys to replace him. And it, yeah, the thing, an expensive yeah, free agent. Yeah, I yeah, I wouldn't <sighs> get too crazy on on February fifteenth or whatever that date is to try and get to free agents. We should talk about Anthony Lanier uh, trying to uh, twist the ankle off. Uh, Chad Kelly and how that wasn't called for a 15-yard penalty or why um, what's his time, name Dinley you know didn't at, challenge at the, that at the time I didn't mind it you know what because that's football that's what happens in the pile all the time there's been plenty of rider quarterbacks legs that have been twisted along the way that kind of go uncalled for uh, when I saw still a they, penalty still I know, a penalty when they showed the replay and I'm like oh Lanier you still got that dirty side in you now keep in mind um uh, you know, people like, oh, you know, people because they're saying Marino dove at the leg. Well, no, that, Marino, when he got pushed from behind, that's where he ended up. And then when he rolled, he did the twist. It's common practice among those D linemen. The, I'm, no one may admit it, but they are taught yeah, to do that. 
Uh, but I did notice that too. I saw the little twist when it happened live, and then when they showed the replay, I'm like, oh, he, he got that one pretty good. But Anthony Lanier, he's always yeah, good for at yeah, least he, a borderline. Um, he's usually good for what? I mean, one Pete Robertson, like just penalty. Super um, edgy, yeah. But he, there's so, a guy, yeah. There's um, a guy, I don't know if I bring him back. Not at that money. Because he was, ah. Eh, no. You know? Or figure out where you want to play him, because once they moved him, you know, they moved him around too much, I think, right? So... Yeah, and like our D line, but um, most of that because they had to in some the, ways. Because the, the TSN panel, God, do they hate the riders? You know, they were talking like Lapalise is like, listen, they're last in sacks. They give up the most yards to the pass to the run. Like we're just last in all of these things. And I'm like, oh God, now you're really making paint a real ugly picture here. I'm like, oh yeah. Jesus, like yeah, I mean, you're six and twelve and, and full marks for it. And really, you know, you think about the wins they had. You can really, you know, they were shouldn't have been wins. a win on Labor Day because there's a trap, trap, trap ball that shouldn't have been counted for the for the two point convert. Um, good win against BC and Saskatchewan, but you know they won that game. Edmonton screws up twice, you know. Uh, so and Calgary was, you know, an interception. If they don't throw an interception as a tie, maybe they win in overtime, you know. So it, it was a bad season from start to finish. And I know people are frustrated and they want things to be fixed, but I really hope the riders look long and hard at everybody. And that's from the president on down and not trying to save their asses like everybody always seems to do and point fingers. It's like everybody knows this 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 team's really popular and really important to the people in Saskatchewan and football fans all over Canada. Team, Let's face that. it. But, but in a community-owned yeah. team, and, it, and if you're the CFL... Yeah, if if you're if you're the CFL, you need the Rough Riders to be competitive. You can't have them flailing around like this. You just can't. You need them to be better, and and it's on it's on the the, the rider executive to do the right thing. Whether you think Craig Reynolds has got the 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 spot and knows what he's doing, he's essentially the business guy, right? But you know you got to really look at Jeremy O'Day, and it's it's on him because if if Craig Reynolds thinks yeah this is our guy, I've seen enough to keep him, then then it's on you. Then, then you're going to have all kinds of changes next year. If it's another six and twelve season, that's simple. It can't happen again. You have to be improved, and you have to be in the playoffs. And you ha you cannot fall apart in the last half of the season like you've done in the last two years. It's unacceptable. It's silly. You have to work hard at doing that. And Craig Dickinson will be fired. And you know the Kelly Jeffrey thing was a disaster. Jason Ooh. Shivers, well, I mean the, the facts speak for themselves. Like, well, yeah, the maybe numbers, isn't that great? Like when I was, figure when it when out I, when the TSN panel listed how bad the defense was. I'm like Shivers, you can't hide from this. Like you, you know, yeah. he got by yeah, on Chris not, Jones' yeah. system for a while and some of those players. But when you kind of don't have some of those players, you, uh, you know, and and you yeah. get exposed. So he's not so, immune to it either. Um, I, uh, the. Uh, in the same tweet or something that I saw that Justin Dunk put out saying, well, oh, Dave may survive this or whatever. And then there's also talk that maybe Scott Milanovic comes in as a head coach because, you know, he's, you know, he's the they're going to make a splash, though. They're going to make Hamilton. a splash. Yeah. But is to, now I said last Don't on the last podcast with Fairholme, I said, I'm in favor of change as long as it's not retread city. Like the CFL likes to do with the same old guys. Is Milanovic a retread in your in your mind? Well, that's the thing. I don't know. Is he? Because he's 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 one of these guys like Jones. He's in, then he's out. Then he's in, then he's out. He's in, then he's out. 
Do I think he's got the talent and could do it and probably the inner circle of people that could come with him? Probably, yes. Now, hang on. The only reason that he was out was because he got a job in the NFL for oh, like five times the money. I know. Same thing. So when so people I don't know are if he's in mad and out. at Chris Jones, yeah. Chris Jones had a chance to go to the NFL with one of his friends, his old roommate from college. Can you fault him for going for five or seven with, with or a cushy job, right? Yes. Like he was a defensive a consultant yeah, some sort of or something. Analyst. Like, yes. It's like Ken Austin's job with Auburn. It's like, Jesus, that sounds like a good job. Where do I get one of those gigs? Exactly. So when people are Minister mad at Chris Jones portfolio. to be like, you have grown up as an American playing football, coaching football. You've come to see, you've done all of these things, and your ex college roommate gets a chance to be a head coach in the NFL and says, hey, you come along. You're not going to say no. Because I'm like, people, I'm like, I would say, yeah, of course you would. Of course you exactly. would. Exactly. That's why um, he left, because he went to the NFL. So, yeah. So what else What else do you want to, um, you know, do you want to put a bow on this? Do you want to wait? Because there, there is one thing I want to bring up, and it has nothing to do with the riders. It does have anything to do with marketing. And I've got a – there was an announcement made for the Olympics, and I think there's a CFL tie-in. So we can do it at the end if you want. Well, let's but do I it think the there's end. an let's, absolutely let's get into, massive... Like, so we're going to go okay. into the... There's a week left in the season, and somebody pointed out on Twitter, the CFL really crushing it. You're down to crunch time in the CFL, and you've got only three... You've got all sorts of teams on buys. You don't even have four games in your final two weeks of the season. You've got three because you have this stupid bye week thing, and you've effed up the schedule, and you... No one, ever, someone's in the CFL is asleep, but then again, it's the Randy Ambrosi thing, who I think has been nothing but the shits for the CFL and the global draft. I do love somebody said that the Mexican kicker for Toronto had a parka on under his under his football jersey. Dude, kind of like he's got a dad. Yeah, ball, he kind of looked like it. Sort, it it sort of looked like a Halloween costume. It did. It looked like me yeah. when I was ten. And you had a great Halloween costume, but it snowed two feet, and it was minus twenty nine that day. And so you had a skidoo suit on. Yeah, so you had to. Yes. You you had to improvise. You had to improvise. Yes, exactly. Okay. Uh, um. So let's see. So Calgary's going to play Winnipeg. So Winnipeg's got first place locked up. Big play VA looks a little shaken up from the Calgary game, but you know what? A little little dinged up yeah. it, it, into the western semifinal and calgary is playing some good ball cam judge is on fire reggie bagleton what a like we're like the riders we we're very lucky bagleton didn't play in that game because you saw what a difference he was last night against bc it would have been a totally different game mm-hmm. like just had to be one guy to the lineup yeah i think calgary goes into bc and beats them and goes to winnipeg for the west final well, it's funny, like uh, on Sports Select, if you like to do that once in a while, the, the Stampeders were paying five seventy to win in that game. Like Jesus, that would have been a nice five times your money. <laughs> and it and wasn't last, even that, that hard to squint I to had, think they playing for their Jeff, lives. We asked Jeff Fairholm, um, do we as Ryder Nation owe Cody Moss, Cody Moss, Jason Moss, and Cody Fajardo an apology? Because last year when all this shit went sideways, they were the scapegoats and got hung out to dry. Now, I'm glad they didn't bring Cody back. I think his time was up here. Moss, I, for whatever reason, how it didn't work, but they've got 10 wins. They are going to be in the playoffs. But who knows? If Bo Levi Mitchell of old shows up to play in that East semifinal against Montreal, the Hamilton win, could you imagine if the Stamps and the Ticats ended up in the Grey Cup? Wow. Um, <laughs> yeah. But well, that's a storyline. I think in Hamilton, 
I think that Winnipeg's not as good as they once were. They're not as dominant as they were in years past. They are beatable. And I think even today, Toronto, who played all of their starters, even for a while, the Riders made them look average at times. And the Riders don't have any juju on their side. Um, If you're playing hot like Calgary is and getting some bounces, or like Hamilton, or like Montreal... I don't know. It, yeah, I don't. I get, think it's, I get you, I but I, I, I think it's. I don't think it's the cakewalk that people are automatically thinking it's going to be Winnipeg and Toronto in the Grey Cup. It's going to be Winnipeg and Toronto in the Grey Cup. Okay, well, as long as Toronto wins, that won't break my heart. As long as the Bombers don't win, that's a good team. That's a good team. Like they were, you know, sort of walking through it a little bit and then turned it on in the last, you know, three minutes yeah. or four minutes of the game. Like, interesting. Um, but, yeah, it's... it's They're well-coached. Um, They're a well-built team. And and obviously, too, yeah. it's the third yeah. week of October. It's a shame. That no, they be, and you know what? They, they better... It, it better be a full-court press to get some effing people into the stands for that East <laughs> final. You got oh. three weeks, basically. Oh, do I don't God. care what you have to do. Get some people in the stands for that game. Surely to God, in an area of five and a half million people, you can find 25,000. I don't care if they're free. It just looks stupid on TV when you I have know, a championship game and nobody free, there. Come like, on, I go didn't dig in. Go get this. this. When I saw the attendance the other night uh, in Winnipeg for the hockey game, it said 11,000. I'm like, well, I know they have a smaller rink, but I'm like, God, it's got to hold like more than 11. And I'm like, really? 15, so, yeah. So... And and the Bombers, I think, sold out again. So they sold out, I think, every game yeah. this season, and they're averaging in a which is crazy. Close in to NHL it, yeah. City, like close to it, yeah. Um, where here, you know, and looking in Saskatchewan, they're you're, they're giving away tickets for free, and even then, people don't want to go. They do not want to go. Yeah, the only the only team that should be jumping up and down about their attendance is the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. Everybody yes. else is, you know, oh, we're up from last year or no, whatever bullshit th- they're going to say like in Toronto. That, but that's like, somebody no, in the nobody's accounting going. department fudging the numbers or playing. Well, percentage wise, we're up over oh oh, and the average fan in Toronto is spending seventeen percent more on merch. Yeah, because maybe the average fan in Toronto does, has never owned merch. I think I have about nine different things from the Rider store I've bought in the last five years. Okay. And the latest one yeah, just showed well, up in sure. the mail. Yeah. It was a $119 hoodie. I opted not to get the toque for $49.99. Showed <laughs> some discretion there, Mazar. I applaud you on that. Um, oh, yeah, they, so they, it's... They like it's uh, but this this is the time for the CFL to shine, though, right? Like, this is after all the bullshit that's gone on and, and you know, stats that don't work and, you know, at least hopefully you get your all-star thing corrected somehow and um yeah i mean hopefully that uh that equates to some good television some good games you got three weeks to make some hay well four weeks i guess because next week is sort of a you know tune-up week or whatever so uh okay so that's that uh outside of football a little college football because it is saturday still to me one of the best names in college football this year Plays for the Alabama Crimson Tide. He's a defensive back. Kool-Aid McCrinsty. First name Kool-Aid. That's a last great name. name. McCrinsty. You when you're filling that, that form out in the hospital. No, Kirsch, I, you don't have kids. But when you're in the hospital and you have to fill out the form of what the name of the child is going to be. 
Is it Kool-Aid one word or is it cool and then dash aid like you saw like in the drink flavored drink that we all yeah. grew up drinking as do you kids? Spell it with a K or do you spell it with a C? Like you No, no, no. Lots of things you can real. do with that. I saw it. They flashed It's it on stupid screen. no matter what you do. It's exactly. moronic, but It's Kool-Aid with a K. But I'm like, do you put the dash yep. in or not? Like god damn what Boy, I hope we can play football because otherwise he's going to get the shit kicked out of him. Well, Kool-Aid exactly that and rodeo cowboys always like, running through walls yeah or you ever notice that when you're watching like rodeo like when the the stampede rolls around and you know you get tickets to the rodeo one afternoon or you're watching on tv and then the like the the ride everybody's named cody or ty yes cody or ty <laughs> or some sort of like rodeo ish name i'm like god damn it like you have to yeah. be good at rodeo like or you're just gonna have a rough life so same thing with kool-aid or some of those other names in football well like you better be good at football because uh Damn. Yeah. Oh. You don't see a lot of Cody's like playing in the symphony. Um. What was okay? So, what's your marketing thing you wanted to talk about? Well, here's the thing. Like, so the the Olympic Committee uh, decided in 2028 that they're going to have some more uh, sports added to the summer games because uh, I guess they want you know they just do their thing and say what's popular, what's not popular, and some are kind of interesting and some are. Not interesting at all, but flag football for the first time ever is going to be an Olympic sport. This is an opportunity. The NFL is going to run with this, by the way, because that's what they are. They are a marketing genius and a marketing juggernaut. If you're the Canadian Football League, the second you heard that, you have to come up with some sort of angle, whether you're you're sponsoring teams, whether you're sponsoring the Olympic team or trials or people or leagues, Get after it. It should be a full court press that in 2024, there's the CFL flag football. I don't know if it's a league. I don't know if it's a developmental thing. I don't know if it's a promotion thing, but it is basically landing on your lap to help you promote something. And then, you know, it's it's down the road a little bit, but there's going to be a lot of interest in, in flag football leading up to the Olympics. And then you've got it as an Olympic sport so they can... You know, perhaps you have somebody that went through your program that is going to play there. It is absolutely a two-foot putt for the CFL to capitalize on. I bet you they haven't even talked about it. Oh, them in a two-foot putt. When I saw that the other day, I was like, really? People are still, like, the Olympics, like, it's so antiquated. And anything that's judged, and you know it's a ripoff or a scam. And with all of the collusion... And the doping, like everything that's been proven. As People far as watch it, goes. People watch it all oh, over the world. Because when it's on, you get wrapped up into it. What was it the last Summer Olympics? And I don't watch a lot of women's soccer, but that game where Canada came back and won on those penalty kicks, like all of a sudden, like I'm like everybody else. I'm the biggest Everybody's women's watching. soccer fan at, at the moment because you, you do get wrapped up in it. You know, you're, you know, there's not a lot of things these days to be proud but to be this, Canadian Did about. you see it's an opportunity though, right? Oh, for people sure. People want to play in the Olympics. Like, maybe they're not jumping up sure. down the CFL, but maybe they want to play. Or, or, or if you're not big enough to play, you know, tackle football, but you can really run, you like to catch and stuff. Well, this is an angle for you. Maybe they have the CFL flag football league in the wintertime, and you go down to Cancun with a bunch of people and have some fun and, and tie in a travel agent and people to go on their holidays. There's just a million ways to do it. So when you, it's funny you bring that up because um, like a lot of like – Oh, I wouldn't even call myself an ex-athlete. Just pretend you're... And when I say you're kind of a partial loser, I mean that in the best way. You thought you were good at sports kind of growing up, and you haven't done anything in a long time. You're kind of out of shape. But you're at some... And you're 50. 
you're you're at some all-inclusive place and some like good-looking tanned young 20-something comes around usually shirtless in her mustard hey do you want to play beach volleyball usually in some sort of accent oh yeah and then you get out there and then have it'll always happen they'll they'll wrangle up six seven aside one of those dad bod fat out of shape guys from either canada or the states is getting some sort of hamstring knee injury playing achilles achilles thing yes yeah how's your medical insurance and you'll see that guy go down in a heap and then his wife or girlfriend or mistress will come running over to check on him and then you you'll just like see him limping around for the next three days at the resort because that's you know before they go home or they'll be like oh that poor son of a bitch that got hurt playing yeah and straight to the hospital yeah exactly just get off the plane yeah you haven't done anything athletic in years you did no stretching you just set down your you know your miami vice that you got in your plastic to go cup that says red deer towing on it and all of a sudden you're back in there like you're karch karai playing beach volleyball and you're going up to like you know to crush a spike and you go down at a heap. God, I love that. Yeah. God. Yeah. Now you're now I think you're kind of shitting on my idea a little bit, but well, I think I'm on to something. In, in a, Maybe not the guy it, from Red Deer Towing. Okay, but it, the, it, the CFL in in all its glory, like you had said, will miss a two foot putt somehow to be like ah, we're ah, you've got how many Whoops. ex let's get a mexican players. field goal kicker that'll that'll pack them in yeah but how many ex cis players that were good football players but for whatever reason didn't make a cfl squad there's only so many spots that could put together a great team for canada there's gonna be no problem the states fielding a very good team with all of the football players that they have that could go that aren't have professional status but figure out a way to kind of have tournaments and stuff and get people interested Shit, in it play some games at halftime anyway. during home games of the uh, the regular season next year that's what i mean Ex- you well, can play it, everyone's got a soccer dome or a field house you can play it during exactly, the during the winter like you and said. you know what maybe sell some season tickets while you're there are they gonna miss a two-foot anyway book? probably because that's what they do that's yeah. what they do Shit, they can't even get the tv partner to stick around long enough when there's a turnover or a touchdown in football games to even show a replay, they're cutting to commercial quick where it's kind of like, that's the one thing about the beauty of the NFL and their agreement with their broadcasting partners is that yes, the advertising is important, but they don't forsake the integrity of the viewing experience of the game to rush to commercial yeah. instantly when something happens because you're just going to piss yeah. people off much like in the Toronto Saskatchewan game. They come back, was it from the touchdown or no, the interception return? And, oh, there was a penalty on the play, and the riders are marching back. It seemed like 60 yards. Or, or oh, yeah, no. or we didn't get the right angle, so we or, had no, no idea on that one play. That, uh, where, you know. Yeah. Oh, there's that. Anyway. Oh, shit. You know what? I forgot. There's my thoughts. Um, Is What's it coming to an end? I think we talked about this a couple weeks ago. I completely forgot to watch the final season of billions is on second last episode i gotta watch this now that the rider game is over um doing that is barbie Lots the last movie that on, you saw in the on theater the netflix what oh. i'm trying to think i was supposed to go to the uh the other one the the uh dicaprio uh movie but haven't quite got there yet i saw the preview for that during oppenheimer and i thought that's just probably a lot to take it's in. not like it's it's, it's not it's not, uh, it's not 
uh, it's not a, not great reviews. No, and three and a half hours. And it's not a, an easy movie to digest. Like this is going to take some because it's a serious topic, but it would have to take some effort on my part. Like Oppenheimer, you, it's not like watching the other guys with Will Ferrell and Mark Wahlberg, where you can kind of be like in and out, and you're just having a great time laughing. Like you kind of had to be invested in it as well to be paying attention. When I saw the preview for that, I'm like, that looks like a lot of work. Nothing against Scorsese, nothing against Leo. He's a good actor. Heaven forbid he date a woman over the age of 24, but whatever. That just looked like it was a serious topic and would take a lot of work. But other than that, I don't well, know. Um, we'll see. What else movie-wise? Uh, what's going on? Yeah, I don't know. There's a bunch of stuff i got to catch up on. We'll, we'll see how this all shakes loose. Uh, I, uh, you know, I got enough room in my life. It's been a great... You know, you got baseball going on. You got NFL going on. Uh, well, Flames, Oilers, the, the Jets. Thing, uh, I will. I'll still pay attention to the CFL. Will I watch it as devotedly? I honestly, we live here in Calgary. If the Stamps went on a run and make it all the way to the Cup final, I wouldn't be disappointed because they're playing some good football at the right time, and you only got to get hot for three games to win the trophy in this league. You know. And uh, sadly, the Riders have only won four of those in their existence. And somebody said today, Richie Hall has 75% of all Grey Cup rings for Saskatchewan. Um, so Jesus, yeah. Yeah, that's all crazy. Right. Well, well, hey, uh, that's for anybody that's, that's uh, following along on the socials, we appreciate it. Uh, at Rider Podcast on Twitter, on Instagram, at Rider Nation Podcast, and on Facebook as well. Uh, Spotify. Uh, if you're subscribing and liking, we appreciate that. Also on YouTube, you can find us on Google, and, Apple, and uh, after the Amazon. big press conference, we'll have a, a show. We'll we'll get some of our dudes oh, no, we'll, on we'll, here we'll, and, we'll and break we'll, it down. We're, we're, we're not done. We got to keep going with the the playoffs and stuff like that. So we'll uh, we'll we'll keep. We got to keep yeah. trucking with this because there's going to be much like the riders and a good soap opera. It just doesn't end. It's going to keep going because now. The fun oh, really yeah, there's more twists and turn yet. I mean, we've been calling yeah, for a coaching change. Yeah, this is just the change. Friday cliffhanger, right? Yeah, because so, like, we've been calling for a coaching change for, since about, and a GM change since about week seven, you know. Uh, so now the fun really begins. Oh, Marcus Brady is a head coach. Marcus Brady? Uh, no. He's like an offensive consultant retread. or something with the Eagles? Uh, just No, but he's, he's in the NFL right now. He's got some goofy job that, know. you know. Well, what about co- Henry Burris? Consultant job. What about Henry Burris? Yeah. Smiling Hank. Yeah. Okay. Kerry Joseph. He's an yeah. offensive coordinator. Scott Flory. Lots you know? of guys. All right. Yeah. All right. That'll do it. It's episode 50. Danny Barrett. Oh, that's a retread. <laughs> <laughs> Bring back Greg Marshall. What? God. <laughs> Where's he? <laughs> Jesus. <laughs>